Hi, this is Derek Harp, the founder and chairman of CSA and the host of the CSA podcast. And I'm really excited today to do another series, another edition in the series of our security leaders uh, episodes. And today I have Yako Banati from KPMG Malaysia on on uh, on the show. Yako, if you don't know him, I and mean, I know that some of you do, but he is uh, he's always struck me as one of these people with the you know the amazing can-do attitude. Um, he and I have have, uh, have been working on things together over the years, and he's always like, "Absolutely, let's do this." And it's just a joy, uh, you know, to work with someone like that. But today, we're going to peel back a few more layers, uh, you know, of the onion. And, you know, he is a security leader uh, for KPMG in an industry, and has been different parts of the world doing that now in now in Malaysia. But he's also a you know a sports fanatic. I think well, maybe he'll tell us, but I think he's he's not missed very many World War, uh, Rugby World Cups uh, in quite some years. Um, and he's a barbecue fanatic, just like me. Uh, so we have some things in common there, and we're going to get into his story. Welcome to the show, Yako. Hi, Derek. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Always a pleasure. Well, uh, you know, let's let's just start with the beginning. You know, I, I always uh, liken uh, security people as sort of modern day superheroes, and all superheroes have a backstory. <laughs> so let's let's dive into your backstory. You know, where uh, where do you grow up? You know, where do things start start out for you? Oh, it's thought out, actually. Well, so I'm originally from South Africa, and um, I was born in a little, uh, well, in a, in a city called uh, Rustenburg, out in the uh, in the old west, uh, uh, northwestern parts of South Africa. But I actually grew up in Namibia, so uh, my grandfather was a uh, was a, a farmer out there. So I grew up as a as a as a young farm boy for about four or five years before I actually then moved back to my to join my mum and my parents in the uh, in South Africa. Um, and then we pretty much moved all over South Africa uh, from 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 east to west and all the way back again. Um, but then I ended up in Pretoria uh, where I finished my university day. So generally, if, if, if new people ask me where I'm from, I say Pretoria is just the easiest way to explain it. Um, but yeah, I grew up as a, as a very proud Namibian boy uh, for the first five years, best years of my life. Awesome. And uh, do you go to school there, or do you go somewhere uh, abroad? What I forget. Uh, I no. Yeah, I know. I did. I did. I finished school in South Africa. So uh, I finished school in a in a town called Krugerstorp with uh, World School Monument, which is the Afrikaans name for Monument High School. And um, that was back oh mid nineties uh, where I finished school. And I, yeah, I did the whole schooling year until in South Africa we call it matric. Uh, but it's went to when you're 18, your final year at school that you have to do uh, if you want to get university uh, um, approval or, or graduation approval. Now, I'm always curious with each of you where uh, where security or industrial or control systems, you know, converge. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you studied anything like that uh, at school. I think this came that convergence in your life came later. No, uh, Derek, that's so true. Um, I was one of those people who never knew what he wanted to do to be. To be fair, um, I, I studied about three, uh, no, two, I can't say three, two different courses at university. I had to swap, I had to change. I started off in, in theology. Uh, I realized then it wasn't, that, that wasn't a line for me after the first year. Um, then I started actually marketing management. And, and to be completely honest with you, uh, uh, my mom said to me uh, many years ago, it's like uh, university is, is your biggest and longest and most expensive holiday you'll ever had in your life. And that was that pretty much sums up my five years at university. To be fair, where where there was a party, I was there. To be fair, and um, really enjoyed it. But I finishing uh, I finished with marketing management at the end of the day, uh, a BCom degree in in there. And um, and yes, I'd never worked a day in my life in marketing. Well, you know, hey, 
we're in good uh, in, in in good stead there. I have a history degree, and so <laughs> you know, did I use history? You know, no. I went into the Navy and uh, and came out working in security. So there we go. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, what do you do first? You know, uh, I, I think it's still not security, if I remember right. It's something in finance. Mm -hmm. in finance. Oh. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so I uh, struggled a bit uh, uh, to, to find work in South Africa as a fresh, uh, fresher out of university, especially one I didn't do too well <laughs> on the academic side, but um, that, didn't, that didn't hold me back. So um, my first role was a financial advisor. Um, I think the title was a little bit, uh, give, gave me more credit than, um, uh, than what I should have gotten, to be fair, but that's what they called it. Um, so uh, I actually um, worked for a bank called Sambo Bank, which uh, uh, as a financial advisor, helping people with with uh, personal loans and and so on. Um, unfortunately, about uh, about six months after I started, the, uh, that bank went under as completely and doesn't exist anymore. So I'm not sure if it was because of my bad advising or uh, or <laughs> the problems. But uh, yes, that tenure didn't last uh, very long for me. So uh, that was the first one, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. Met some great people. And then after that, I, I, I got a, a role as a public relations officer at, a, at, a, at a, a college in Pretoria called Centurion College, which is much more a technical college. So even from the early days, I could see it's almost like life was pushing me down the, uh, the technical uh, industrial side of things. And what it was is like a lot of the military personnel, because there was a big uh, Air Force base as well as uh, Army base just around the corner. Fan. So uh, all the troops were come, coming there to do also certifications in mechanical engineering and, and, um, and electri uh, as electrical engineers, et cetera. And, uh, and that was my first introduction to that. But uh, yeah, that was a three month contract. And um, that did a lot, of, that, that was three months of, of, that I really enjoyed. And um, then I went into, was it door-to-door um, oh, -door sales? Oh, I hated it, hated it, absolutely hated it. So sold conviction of it. You have tried, uh, been exposed to a lot of different things. I, you know, yep. I that's kind of like my background too. You know, it's it's been a it's it's been a collection of experiences that make me who I am today. It's not one one track, which some people do, which is really interesting. But you you and I are similar in that way. No, true, and, and um, you know the one the, I did that for about seven months, and it, it didn't really work out for me. So it was my first uh, attempt at, at my uh, setting up my own business. So basically, what it is, you know, we'll go as a group, but um, uh, you, you buy and sell these these ovens to uh, on a door to door basis, and um, um, and what I learned from that is a, quite a key thing as part of my career so far. It's like I realized that if I don't believe in something. Like I just can't do it. Uh, I didn't believe in the product. I thought it was uh, uh, personally. I thought it was a ripoff uh, with regards to price. The money was good. I'm not gonna lie, but it wasn't all about that. But I just couldn't convince, get myself to to push people to buy something that I just didn't believe in. Yeah. Um, and that stayed part of, and that's a valuable lesson I learned during that time, and that stayed with me. Oh, well, till today as well. Um, and where my passion really is when I really hit into cyber, and that that's where I started believing in something that was real. And something I actually enjoy. Well, we're we're similar in that way too. As a you know, as a career entrepreneur, I've had a lot of ideas, but you know, I can't I can't push and sell something that is, you know, that that I, yeah, I don't have belief in, or that worse yeah. yet, that I think is something wrong with it. I can't do that for sure. But even something that I'm kind of like, 
like you said, yeah, if it's not priced right, if it's not a good value to people or it doesn't have all the features that people think it should have or or that people, you know, the, the marketing says it has, like, ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. So, okay, uh, so you're doing that and uh, what, what, where does security and, and IT, uh, you know, or, or industrial, any of those themes, where do those first come in? Uh, first coming in, that was only years later, uh, to be fair. Um, so the, the, after this, while I was doing this, um, the sales role, um, entrepreneurial role, uh, I woke up one day and, and one of my friends, a really close friend of mine, who is now back in South Africa, he, um, he, uh, he phoned me up and said to me, he was going through a similar phase in, in his life where he just doesn't know where he belongs and doesn't know what he wants to do. And um, he said to me, you know, I met him for breakfast in the morning. He said to me, by the way, I'm going to the UK. Uh, I got my visa, uh, visa I'm going to go over and so on. And, uh, and I was like, that, sound, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. And uh, so pretty much just there and then I made up my mind. Um, I was going to the UK. I was going to go for two years. I'm going to travel, uh, do a working holiday visa and, um, and just enjoy life and experience and, and trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, and then, yeah, uh, my two-year holiday working visa uh, came and two years were gone. Um, I was uh, very fortunate to uh, to be offered a more permanent role, and that's where the Safeway uh, role came in, uh, where I was a physical security manager. I was doing physical security at that at that time, uh, more so to, to just uh, uh, get me by and fund my travels and, and so on. And I had some, some student loan debt that I had to pay off, which I, was, sure. that I paid off quite quickly quite quickly as well because of the the exchange rate that was so in my favor at that time <laughs> and uh, yeah which was brilliant and um, and of course and and they offered me a, a five-year work permit uh, and I got the work permit to stay in the UK I then decided okay well um, I'm gonna stay the five years because after that five years I can actually get my British citizenship and a passport and I, I love my country I'm a big South African and don't don't um, and you can ask anybody who knows me as like as like that. But from a from an opportunity perspective in the future, it just made sense. And so much, so many of my countrymen and other people does it as well as to get the dual citizenship or even to adopt a different. Just to for the world to to uh, it's just easier to travel. It's um, an opportunity. So that was my my goal. Um, but then where this where my uh, cybersecurity or IT security or information security. Uh, element started really for me is, is with that physical security roles um, uh, that I worked and I worked myself up and I, I was at some point I was looking after about 168 uh, physical security officers uh, across there looking after British Telecom estate and then uh, the company I worked for Bell for BT Workplace then uh, then won a facilities management contract with the Metropolitan Police Authority in uh, in London and the um, and one of their requirements was actually is you have to, they had to, we had, well, as a, as a firm, we had to build a, a, a system uh, at a restricted classification to, uh, to, to host all the um, physical asset data, so all their properties. And, and so and you can imagine that's scattered across London. That's all the safe houses. It's the, the housing for, um, you know, for vulnerable people, uh, the police stations itself, et cetera. So, uh, and, you, and, and back then I was like, oh, it's a bit over the top, but thinking about it now, it's actually, yeah. you, I can understand why they did it. And then basically I had, um, I, uh, I had the operations director at that time, a, a gentleman called Paul Cooper, which, which basically gave me the opportunity to move into, uh, asked me uh, one day, he called me in and he said to me, um, uh, so Yaku, uh, uh, what do you know about ISO 27001? <laughs> and, um, and, 
<laughs> and it was literally like that. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Paul. And he went like, well, apparently it's something to do with information security. I said, are you interested? I'm like, interested in what? He's like, uh, would you mind, uh, would you like to take this on or as a, as a development area? And I was already looking at, he knows I was looking at the way out of physical security at that point of time, because I, I, I saw it a bit of a, I hit a bit of a ceiling almost from that perspective. And, um, and uh, I, I went to him and I literally looked at him and said, well, if you pay for my training, I'll, I'll do it. And, uh, and, we, and we had a handshake over the table and that's how the journey started. Well, so that's that's a I think that's a really important thing. There are people, um, you know, I get approached all the time. Uh, you know, CSA has people entering the workforce, you know, joining us at our events as well. And like, well, how do I break break in? You know, that term yeah. as if it's a binary one day thing. Like I'm on the outside and now I'm on the inside. <laughs> so you're working physical security, and you get you you, you just this sort of see this uh, other stuff developing up. But you you had an intention there. That's one thing I would draw out. Yeah. Right? You 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 said I don't want to keep doing this. And you see a place you could you could basically stay within the same company, but same same yep. employer, same boss, but move laterally into into technology. Yep, uh, literally that. So I, I was um, it was a steep learning curve. I'm not going to lie because I don't come from a like I said I don't have a technical background. Um, uh, to be honest with you, like when my when I grew up, uh, I was more into sports and stuff that uh, that, that computing and 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 all the all, all the all the tech cool stuff that. Uh, the, especially the kids these days are, are playing around with and, and have the opportunity. I, had, I didn't even know really that it was serious business to be fair. Uh, so when I walked in uh, into that into that role and I took it on, um, it was yeah, I was a steep learning curve. But um, it's it, it it was the attempt. Like uh, as soon as he and it was kind of one of those things. Like this is my chance. How I saw it. And then secondly, is to uh, I wanted to pay back to, uh, to Paul the uh, the opportunity that he gave me. To, to, to give a, you know, just to demonstrate a, a, out of appreciation that I can do it. So I was working um, uh, flat hours. So uh, the first thing I did, I did a number of courses, Derek. I'm like, uh, I did pretty much every, every 27,001 course that was, that was available at the time through the BSI group. Um, I also, but I also had to take on the security vetting. So a lot of the, um, uh, what, what do we call the security controller aspects almost. Uh, as well, so I had to learn that as well, which was which was pretty cool. Uh, at the same time, and then I wrote uh, my uh, probably the the most difficult exam I've ever written in my life, CISSP, within two years of starting that. Uh, and I studied. I genuinely I studied for about six months nonstop, every day, every night, because of the uh, especially the technical uh, lack of technical background. And um, yeah, I know I was. Uh, I don't know. I still don't know how, but I I got my results on Christmas Eve. Back in 2009, and I and I passed. I I, I walked out of the. I'm like I I said to my my partner at that time. I was like, there's no way that I'm passing this. It's it's it's. <laughs> and then when I Christmas Eve, I got my got got my early uh, Christmas nice present, Christmas and I present. and I passed it. Yeah, yeah. nice Christmas present indeed. So um, you know, so there's probably a couple different takeaways in there. Um, you, you saw that you want to make this lateral move, and you know this this space now. There's so much opportunity. But even then, it was starting to emerge. I mean, it's that's yep. Um, it's just been growing exponentially. And if you know any listeners listening doesn't already know, we're short, you know, different statistics. But it's 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 fair to say we're short, you know, over a million jobs vacancies yep. or spots that are open globally. And I've seen numbers that are higher. So there's more than opportunity to do this. But you didn't just say, oh yeah, I'll go do that. You you studied hard and you acquired some of these certifications. I think. Certifications are such an interesting thing. Having been involved with them before, with the creation of the GICSP, there's yep. 
critics of them. There's critics and say, oh, that doesn't mean you're yeah. an expert. We were always defending him. Like, no, we're not, we're not saying it makes you an expert. But what a great thing to, if someone especially is saying, look, I need to establish that I've built some knowledge and competency. Mm -hmm. Why not go through those processes? And you, you learned a lot by doing it. It doesn't mean you didn't then go on do on-the-job training, which we'll talk about. Yep. And that probably was very, very informative. Having your hands on and doing, there's nothing like that. And I'm always yep. I'm an advocate for certificates and certifications, just not as a as a see, I've got that, so I'm an expert. No, but as a yeah. building block, okay. and that's clearly what you did. You used it as a building block, you know, to, to acquire all your yeah. base knowledge. No, true, Derek. And I, I saw I saw it exactly as that. So I didn't have time to go back to university to do a a cybersecurity degree or information security degree or a technology degree uh, and so on. I was um when when that happened, I was uh, uh when how old was I? I was just turning thirty. So for me already, I've been um, I've been ten years behind the the curve really. Um, so uh, that was the only way, or the most uh, valuable and efficient way for me to go through it and and learn new things. And CISSP was uh, um, uh, yeah it was an eye opener because it just gave you that whole breadth of the of the overall information security and the cyber security now industry. And um, and then what I did is so my goals that I then set up. As one of them was like uh, we had to get uh, we didn't need ISO 27001 certification, but we had to keep the um, uh, the HMG the uh, Majesty's uh, uh, security accreditations on on that system, which pretty much is uh, based on ISO 27001. Um, so I actually uh, had to maintain that and I implemented that. And I actually um, yeah within when was it 2000 uh, in 2009 we achieved full certification as well. For 27 pounds one, that was a big landmark for me. That was my on-the-job training, and I was the only one. There was nobody else, so uh, I I I, uh, I learned the hard way. I burned my fingers a few times. I uh, um, uh, did some uh, did some good stuff uh, around it. Really had to stakeholder manage as well. So I learned a lot of lessons out of that time. So we're just now talking about a, a period of time where you you uh, like I said earlier, you get you get you know you break through, you get in, you cross over. You know these people like how do I break into this you know, industry? That is what you just described. That is your process over a period of years, yeah. certifications, training, taking a new position, all these sorts of things culminate with now I'm over here. Now I'm a professional in this space. Is there yeah. anything you'd go back and you would tell your younger self now? You know, having the luxury of all the experience. What would you go back now, you know, all these years later, you know, and do anything or, or, or you know, do anything differently? Well, if if, if I have to, it, it depends how how far back I can go, Derek. Uh, to be fair, um, don't get me don't get me wrong. I, I I won't exchange my five my five years at university for 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 much. But um, you know, the, the the biggest thing for me is is back then is is the fact that I didn't know what I wanted to do and and um, uh, I, I think. That's a that's a no, lot it's, of no, it's people. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and so if if I go straight on that, it's easy to say, well, I I would go back to university and either do an IT degree or yeah. uh, or or engineering degree. But then again, if I if I if if uh, then my 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 thought process also, if I did do that, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you because I would be most likely working in some other industry. Um, if I go down engineering, obviously in South Africa with mining, and so it's quite big. So I could have probably been in the middle of Africa somewhere in a mine or or in a construction, yeah. uh, major construction, or in, in the Middle East, of course, where all the development is still ongoing. Um, so it's difficult. So I don't want to say I, want, I would change anything. Um, uh, you know, I, would, actually, I, I think what I'm more meant because you're, you're, you said it makes sense to me. I don't mean go back and like redo school. 
Because I think there's people yeah. like you. It's like I've already done some formative things, and now I want to break in. I want to get in. So would you, would you do anything different to the period of time where you say, okay, I'm going to start taking down some of these courses of study and certifications yeah. and credentials? Would you do it in a different order? Would you do it in a different way? Would you would you plan it differently? This is something someone could take away right now. They could say, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm over here working in this part of the company, and I really would like to get in there. How do I do it? Do I do every Friday night and through yeah. Saturday morning? You know, what would you do anything different constructively? To that phase, I, I think what I, was probably the one thing that I was lacking was some real guidance uh, from a cyber perspective, peer professional perspective. I didn't have anybody. We had a um, a class consultant uh, that was working with us, and 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 uh, Mark was brilliant, um, and he he actually taught me quite a lot because he gave me the opportunity to actually just do the work and then he would market as the uh, you know as the consultant uh, and the and the certification or the certified body behind it to make sure it's right and if it's and then every time i made a mistake he would um, uh, he would just help and correct me so that's how i learned so if i set something up wrong through the risk assessment process he will then talk me through it uh, and so on, which actually then freed them up to do other jobs and getting paid basically, uh, uh, well, we paid them astronomical amount. I couldn't believe it. That was one of my key uh, motivators. I'm like, damn, I want to get to that point. And I'm still working on that in any case. Um, the uh, uh, So what I would say is it's probably a little bit more of mentorship and, and having a, a, a collaboration uh, platform to work from. Uh, which I didn't back then. So a lot of it I did back then was pretty much from from books and what I've learned. Uh, so to had probably to had the exposure to talk to somebody like yourself or or uh, or just a peer in in, in the same position um, somewhere else, and and just to share war stories would have been was probably the one thing that I, I really lacked back uh, back in the day, and it would have benefited me a lot. You know that makes sense, and uh, something very common with uh, people uh, on the show. Um, has has been this theme of talking about mentorship, and um, and and many people have said that that was one of the things that most helped them was having good mentorship. And the 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 consistent message I think for anybody who's listening to this is you can ask for it. People are like, well, where do I find yeah. one? Like, Mentors don't grow on trees. Does it have to be one's boss? No. And that people in the industry are pretty open to yeah, I'll have a cup of coffee with you and sit down and talk about one of these things. That that's something you know. I think I've certainly found with she say we. Can, we're doing that in spades. It's members helping members yeah. is kind of the tagline that just emerged over the last year because that's everything we're doing, right? And and yep. people are willing to share their expertise and their experiences. And even this show is you sharing your your personal, you know, your personal journey. So I think people can just ask. They could target someone in their company or in another company and say, "Hey, would, would, could I take you out for a drink or coffee or something? You know, yeah. we give you a few minutes, and they'll find that a bunch of people will say yes." No, true, and and I think the 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 as as people, obviously, the people are different and so on. But I think sometimes the 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 hardest thing to do is actually just to ask that question. Yeah. Um. Um. Rather than and you were so worried about the outcome, it's almost like a teenager uh, when you were when you want to ask a girl uh, your first love out on a date or something. That uh, I don't know about you, but that was always a big challenge for me. I was like, I, I went all stuttered at the end. Yes. I was like proper teenage movie content from that perspective. Um. But yeah, it's a, I I I still in my team and all the teams I've worked so far. Uh. From a mental perspective and the performance management perspective, I encourage here. Or junior associates and 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 so on to do you know I I uh, it's something new that they they ha they're not used to over over here in Malaysia and uh, it's it's just the open door policy. But I said, if you have any question, I, I leave my door, my office door open. 
Uh, the fact that we still got offices is actually uh, quite weird, but we actually got offices. But um, I actually purposefully leave my door open unless I'm in a meeting. Um, to if anybody walks past and they want to say hello or ask me a question, so there's no barrier. So just come in and yeah. uh, speak. And I, I try to encourage that, and that's pretty much what I've learned from from that experience as well. It's like um, it's so difficult sometimes to approach somebody who is perceived to be more senior and so on, uh, and to ask questions. But um, and I'm really trying to work it from a personal perspective for my team right now to get to get the young ones to come out and and ask questions because uh, yeah. it's only this is it's one of the few avenues that you have to really learn as well yeah and, you know, it's funny you said the young ones and we think about people entering the market space being younger we also run into people that are uh that are it people with no operating technology which we're going to talk about where exactly. this intersects with you like how do i cross over they might get an, a, a mentor if you know a lot about I, it and information security cybersecurity, that's great because we need more of that knowledge to come over but if you recognize that there's a lot to know about our operating technology or a control system environment that you don't know um, then getting a mentor even in a vertical in the space could be interesting if that's something yep. you want to do. And that's, you know, people have more or less, you know, confirmed my own thesis is that, that, that there's a lot of opportunity. If you're in information security and you want to be more valuable, then it, acquire knowledge in the, in the OT, ICS, IIoT, you know, healthcare systems, any of those, right? If you yep. add that to yours, so you could be already an expert, but if you start adding some other things, you do become more of, I mean, ultimately people who have mastery in both, we're calling them unicorns. They're pretty rare. Exactly, exactly. And and the other thing I will we'll probably go into in a, in, a, in a bit is people also need to realize, uh, or I realized in any case, you don't, you don't have to be the technical expert to have a, a key yeah. role in any of these programs because the uh, the cyber skill set is, is uh, uh, for me, is, is so wide. There's a job for everyone in cyber if we really want to do it. Yeah. Um, and um, and for me, it's really is like identifying what you're good at and what your strengths are, and really using that in that space. If you if you an out and out technical person, then you know there's a awesome room for you to play and and bring those that talents and knowledge and skill set to the forefront. But if you a good risk assessor or a group a risk person, there's just as much value space for you as well. And sometimes the 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 the, the probably the key role that's missing is is just to translate it between all these groups and actually make it make it real especially in a business yeah. language perspective and yeah. um, I must admit and, and that's what that's where I've, I've, I've kind of always saw myself sitting as is, is, is in that uh, almost like an octopus pulling everything like together with, with yeah. eight to nine tentacles and, and and just just try to translate it in something that actually means something yeah. to the business so they can understand it yeah well no wonder you and I have have, uh, have become friends over the last couple of years because we have some strong similarities I'm I'm, that <laughs> I'm not super, super deep in one of these files. There's lots and lots and lots of stuff wide and uh, only deep in a few things. But uh, but yeah, translation, I love to use that word. Uh, there's a huge call in our space for that. Um, it's saying learn yeah. the vocabulary and the constraints of the other parties uh, and verticals. You know, don't just say, oh, well, we do this over here. Let's do it over there. You know, learn, learn those things and be able to translate things. There's going to be yeah. a great opportunity for strong translators between between people who run factories or refineries and people who do security work, translation is going to be is going to be everything, right? It, it's it's exactly. uh, I part of CSA's mission is just getting people to talk, you know, talk from those two camps. Uh, but the people in between translators, I haven't really thought about that. But you know, that's yeah. if you have two different camps, which in some cases we really still do, translation is yeah. everything. So I love that. I may have to use that. So. Um, <laughs> 
a decade ago or so, you crossed over to KPMG and have been there ever since. Uh, no, not ever since. I had a little stint away in between, actually. Um, oh, so, yes, you did. I see it. Yeah. So I had... Um, okay, uh, yeah, do tell. Yeah, so uh, during my time at, at, at Belfort BT, um, I had a few. I, I, got, I was appointed as a security architect um, uh, in my time. And uh, let's put it this way. Like the firm I worked for back then, I was the most senior information security person in the company. And I had what's it, two years, two and a half years experience, uh, which tells you a lot. Which which is kind of what the what the what the industrial space is now. Yeah. Uh, with regards to that as well. And um, any case, so uh, so we got in a a new IT director. who was a really forward thinking guy, and he set up a a new group through through Gardner and what we need. And he had, and he had a strategic piece, and he had operational application, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, he wanted me in as the security architect, which, which was actually not, I don't see it as an architect role. I, I, I saw it as a strategic forward thinking person. So, um, um, but any case, so I did that for nine months. But before I started that, uh, I met uh, a, a, a good friend of mine called Will Rockle from, uh, that was with KPMG at the time. And uh, and Will was a senior manager and he was a dip, uh, the interim CISO for the Alpha BT Group in London as a secondment uh, for six months while they were in between CISOs. Sure. And I met him through there and I had a couple of coffees and then we shared some experience. And it was my first introduction into, I was like, he's like, I was like, so who do you work for? He's like, no, I'm with KPMG. And I did the standard response. It's like, but aren't you supposed to audit or do tax or something like that? And he started laughing, of course. He's like, no, there's so much more to to the to to the firms um, than just uh, audit and tax. Of course, that's what we're known for. That's our, our core business. But said, have you ever heard about risk advisory and management consulting? And I was like, whoa, my mind was just like blown wide open. Any case, so I had a good conversation. And he said to me, if you ever if you ever want to change, uh, let me know. And um, I'm like, oh, I'm good for now. I just got this new role coming up. So I'm pretty excited about that. And and so on. But he said, like, no, just let me know. So about 12 months later, I, uh, about a year later, um, he pinged me on LinkedIn and uh, he asked me, like, uh, uh, if, if, you, if you're interested, we've got a few roles going. And that's how I got introduced into KPMG. And, uh, and I started off with them uh, as a as an assistant manager. Uh, so brought down to earth back into my uh, my actual capability uh, uh, area, uh, which, which was at the time, I was like a little bit like, oh, I'm a bit more than that. But no, I wasn't. From a from a knowledge and looking back, that is that's exactly where I was supposed to be. Um, yeah. uh, from a from a level perspective, of, no, I've got like four or five years experience uh, making up, but I've got zero consulting experience. So I built through that, and um, yeah, and that's where the the KPMG journey started. Um, but I, and I spent most of most of my three years. Uh, I was there exactly three years from 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 the day. Sorry, so I started on the on the first of November. In 2011, and I left on the 31st of October uh, 2014, literally. And and most of my time was spent with a with a with a uh, oil and gas major out of uh, out of the Netherlands um, uh, for for that three years, and then I moved over to them as well for four years. Um, and that's yeah. And so I got a, I got a few people to thank there. So from a KPMG perspective, Charlie Hosner was absolutely brilliant to me. I'm not sure if you're familiar Charlie, with him. But, yeah. Yeah, so Charlie is uh, is now a partner at Deloitte for the last couple of years. Uh, so he gave me, uh, he's the one who introduced me to industrial control systems and gave me the opportunity to uh, to work there. And then at the same time, uh, uh, when I was going to going to, going to I can just well say I went, went to Shell, um, and that's where I met Tyler Williams, a good friend of mine as well now. 
and yeah, that's how, that was my introduction well. yeah. into process control domain uh, IT security, and that's how it started. And it was funny actually, Derek. Now that I think back at it, uh, when I was in my interview for for uh, uh, for KPMG, I obviously did my preparation work and stuff. And I was always that one question about like, so why KPMG or why Deloitte or why IBM, you know, wherever you go, why this organization? And I was like thinking about it. And I actually thought to myself, you know what? I want to work in oil and gas um, because the oil price was good at, very good at that point of time. Um, and for me, it just made sense because it seemed like a lot of technology investment was going on at, this, at that time, moment of time, especially in cyber. And then I was thinking to myself, it would be awesome to see one of those systems that's on the, on the, on the offshore oil rigs and, um, and, and yeah. oil refineries. That would be super interesting too. And I actually said that in my interview to the partner and director. Who, uh, I can't remember who they were, but they, they were a partner and a director who interviewed me. I said, well, that's one of the things I really would like the opportunity to go there. And if, if this is the way to get there, then I'm, I'm all for it. Little did I know that uh, that that would actually be my my control systems uh, introduction, um, and have been since for the last what's it now twelve years oh seven years sorry seven years eight years. So that could be a a big nugget there too to pull out. How big a deal in your career path to have gone to and you know jumped in and over your head in in a you know in a forward asset like that. Um, how important is that to you? If you imagine your career path without that, staying consulting, staying in KPMG, and just continuing to work with lots of different kinds of clients versus you took a side path. I'd forgotten that about your, your story. You took a side path before you went back to KPMG. How big a deal was that or is that? Um, you no, know, for me, it was it was very important. So um, unfortunately, um, there, there was people who, who really who disagreed with my, my decision uh, naturally. Um, but I literally, I saw it as a development path. Um, because I had the three years with KPMG that I worked with within, uh, within the PCD security um, uh, in, uh, engineering team there, and we did some really good stuff um, uh, in the early part. And I know you've been, you were involved in, in some of those, especially with GICSP and so on. So I worked with obviously with Alka Harstra and, and all the guys that you worked with uh, during that yeah. time. And um, we did some uh, some pretty cool stuff, but I don't think the uh, the organization or the market was ready for for most of it. To be uh, to be fair, it was really hard driven, um, and um, I learned a lot. Uh, but then when I hit that point, I was like, well, I haven't really. I've been to a couple of refineries, but I actually wanted to work on a project or somewhere out in in the field to really get that hands-on experience and and so not become an expert, but just to understand the environment better. And and more so for me is understand the culture, uh, to really you know what 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 makes life tick for uh, for you guys uh, you guys and girls that, that live on the offshore and you know on that whole yeah. 28 day rotation you know um, any changes we make how would that impact them uh, do they understand actually why we why we need yeah. to do this so a little bit of uh, uh, from there and, and, and that's safety. one. Of, you went through some safety training and some safety briefing. Yeah. A much more intimate understanding about safety, don't you? Yeah, oh, very, very deep training, uh, safety training in there. But, but of course, that becomes part and parcel of it because then you realize that that you know what you're actually working with, and 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 you know, and yeah. the seriously the, the the real the real life impact that some of these things can have. Uh, so it br brought it really home, especially um, when I did the uh, the Bosset courses and stuff before. Uh, uh, and so on, and and there's some um, there's people who who's taking a lot of risks out there uh, in their personal lives just to make ends meet, um, and 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 you you have to respect that. 
uh, from that perspective. But uh, yes, so um, for, I decided to go to Shell uh, for that reason, uh, and that uh, mainly that that reason only. Um, and then yeah, it took a few few uh, few t twists and turns along the way, and then uh, then I came back to KPMG. Yeah, and uh, it was that just happenstance, or were you were you thinking, hey, I want to go back? I mean, it kind of thinking about people's premeditated plans, and then some stuff that just happens. Where does that fall into that? Oh, well, Derek, uh, the, the 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 big thing for me is always I always try to look at the uh, at the bigger picture and uh, what what's my personal next step. Up. Um, so and, and I'm not I'm I'm not saying that when I look at my next step up, I'm not saying like I'm looking at my next step up tomorrow, but I, I want to look and see that it's a path. There's there's there, there's a future and or there's a, there's a path for me to go from one level up to another sure. when I got the right experience when I and and so on. You know when the opportunity is right. Um, so I left KPMG because uh, in 2014 because I felt I needed to learn some more stuff. And then um, I spent the, my last year at Shell in 2017-18. Actually, uh, me and Sarah, my uh, my wife now, uh, we lived in Brunei for a year, which was brilliant because that's where that's where I got all, uh, a lot of my hands-on experience. And then we actually, uh, it's it's a mini Shell basically, so it's a joint venture there. And uh, so they got a, they got quite a big offshore uh, asset group. They got onshore assets, so they got they got a hydrocarbon um, facility as well. It's an LNG plant, so but it, Got everything contained in this small area, so I worked out there for a year, and um, and then uh, I returned back to uh, to come to the U uh, back to the UK, and I was just thinking of my career, and I just couldn't see that step, that next step up uh, within Shell. Unfortunately, I absolutely loved working at Shell. Don't you matter, it was brilliant people out there, that I, and good friends I've made over the years there, but I just couldn't see myself there like that career path. And and then uh, another old friend from KPMG uh, uh, actually messaged me and uh, just out of the blue and asked me how how am I doing, and um, yeah we got talking and um, and that's where they they actually uh, they started uh, uh, playing toying me with me with the idea of coming back and actually running the uh, OT security cyber practice out of the UK. Um, so um, so in in 2018 it, it was just as funny as like we came from back from Brunei we had our wedding and then we were actually bound to go back to Brunei. Uh, but they took so long to give me the job offer out. By the time they sent me the job offer, um, KPMG, I had two job offers, and I had to decide between which ones I, which one I'm going to take. And uh, and I I took the KPMG one purely because I could see a, a, a step up and and I could see a, a road forward. To be fair, uh, a, a journey for me to continue. Uh, otherwise, I would have gone. Uh, uh, this is going to sound like I'm complaining, but I had an opportunity to go back to uh, to Brunei as a uh, uh, as an expat role, and we all know the expat roles is, uh, is quite lucrative as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I just couldn't see what I'm going to do after that. Um, stay out four years in Brunei, and then then I couldn't see what what was next, and that really bugged me uh, from that perspective. Well, it, it makes it sense, makes sense to me. I'm a collector of experiences to round out things, and you, you went off and got a you know very specific hands-on experience uh, that that has to be a big benefit to your clients today. Uh, that you you have you know there's book learning and there's theoretical I mean all stuff yeah. has value and then there's that piece too and that makes you know I would assume that makes you you know makes you extremely well rounded a good good uh, a good person to advise companies um, you end up leaving London though and uh, moving halfway around well all the way around the world uh, practically <laughs> uh, not not that long ago and I just thought maybe near the end of the episode we we might just talk a little bit about that yeah. that's a move within the same brand, but as I've become 
I've gotten to know, it's not necessarily really the same company technically. Um, you know, how does no. that come about? Oh, uh, so uh, um, my friends in Brunei phoned me up because uh, uh, so there was two organizations. Um, and basically what happened is there was a, a shell does all their stakeholder or shareholder audits with their JVs. Of course, they want to protect the investment and, and so on. And um, this one was particularly on, on uh, well, PCD IT security uh, in the shell terms. And um, uh, so when they, uh, when they approached me and, uh, to, to, to come and join them for a year to, and help them prepare for that audit, I went and said to, I said to, the, uh, to, to the good friend of mine now as well, make loads of these uh, uh, along the way. And uh, I said to him, well, I'll come over to Brunei. I'm really interested. Um, um, but uh, but we need to set some ground rules here. It's like, I'm not coming over to help you get ready for an audit. I said, I'll come over if we can work together and build something that you can sustain afterwards. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a rough, rough first draft, but it's something that you should need to take forward and move with it forward. Um, and not just an audit tick box, because otherwise in four years time, you're going to phone me again. For the same stuff, yeah. and he committed, and 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 we did that, and we we I, I, and uh, I still speak to them, and they still got a lot of the the framework elements we've put in place, uh, getting the uh, the the engineering teams and the IT teams to actually talk to each other, um, and actually do some collaborative work together and and stuff, and um, so they they really started a journey there, and uh, the audit came, and they passed the audit as well, not flying colors, but they passed, they did enough to pass the audit, which was the first time ever. Um, and for three attempts, um, and then the sister company—I uh, shouldn't even say sister company—is not. They would, they would, uh, they would lynch me if uh, if they hear me about this. But the uh, uh, the partner company next door, the LNG facility, and um, um, and unfortunately, they didn't uh, they didn't pass the pass the order. So I knew the tech manager out there. I met him just before I left, literally. Um, uh, he's, no, he's no longer there, uh, Scott Bilton. And Scott actually uh, contacted me and, and, and said to me, uh, Yaku, I, I really need your help. Uh, I know you're in the UK, but I need your help. We need to talk about this. What did you did for uh, and the other side? We we need help. We, we've got the investment. And, so, and I said, well, that's funny enough. I'm actually in Malaysia uh, at KPMG Malaysia at that time. Um, looking at a um, at the IoT lab that the that the team has built and developed, so I got a whole lab set up, and uh, uh, which was great. And uh, that's why Danny Michaud uh, started her team before she now moved to Ireland. Uh, so I went to see Danny for the first time since uh, since before I left for Shell, um, and that's when Scott contacted me, and that's why I started working with them. And at and then last year, oh, I think you know uh, very well in the uh, in the in the last part of last year and early parts of this year, I spent more time in Southeast Asia than I actually spent in the UK. Um, so uh, uh, and then uh, well through there, I was just offered an opportunity to move over here. To be fair, yeah. with regards to with the work we've done, the t with the teamwork we've done, and now we 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 and working with with KPMG Singapore as well. It's a real collaborative effort uh, to do this, and it's really interesting. So. Um, and then me and Sarah had to think about it, and uh, and uh, I was like, oh, it's not every day I'm going to get an opportunity to to yeah. to do this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I would have been silly if I didn't take it as uh, as uh, as my honest uh, honest words. Uh, there was a few unhappy people in the UK, but they always are. Um, yeah. yeah. But if there um, were any they, unhappy people, that wouldn't be a good sign. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, Goodbye, yeah, don't let the door hit you. You know, you don't want that. You want people like, hey, don't leave. <laughs> but so, uh, that, that sounds great. That's that's awesome. You know, more collections and more experience. I 
you know, I, I love that. You know, I've moved a number of times as well and opportunistically sometimes, not a premeditated plan, but just something came up like, yeah, let's go do that. And I think we look back uh, at those, those I did as a single person and then those I've done with my spouse. And we, we feel we feel nothing but good over the years having done those things. And yeah, you're you're in an interesting yeah. city. I've been, I've spent some time in Kuala Lumpur and, uh, uh, but I've never lived there. You know, I've spent a week there, here and there. <laughs> uh, so cool, cool, uh, very, very different part of the world and a whole whole nother, another set of experiences for sure. But professionally no, and personally. No, definitely. So um, uh, we, what's it now, three months in, uh, starting to settle and, um, and 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 get to know the market and so on as well. But I must admit, it's it's all over again. It's uh, it's uh, all the years spending out in the control system side. Uh, I lost uh, I've lost touch with the f- financial services industry, um, with the uh, uh, you know the insurance uh, business, uh, etc. So all of a sudden, there's there's a big it's a, there's a drinking from a fire hose again, trying to catch up on the on the on the areas that I that I uh, that I wasn't exposed to in the last eight years. But it, it's all the, it's a good learning curve, and it's really nice to see some of the things just come together and see how actually how OT has developed or uh, within the control system space to actually slowly but surely starting to become more mature and 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 using and starting to adopt the the uh, the best practices that the that the banking industry for example has done for many years but actually make it made it fit for purpose rather than just adopting it well awesome all right now we're in my favorite part of the show where uh i close out using something from a show that i've always enjoyed inside the actor studio if you know the show Longtime host James Lipton, uh, who who was the host for decades. Unfortunately, he has passed in recent years, um, and um, and I think there's a new host. But he always ended his show with something called the Caveau Questionnaire, which he borrowed from a French show before that. So I feel like I'm following in good footsteps to uh, borrow the Caveau Questionnaire. <laughs> so if you're up for it, uh, we'll we'll ask you these same ten questions that many famous actors have have answered on the stage for that for that show. Are you ready? Oh, I, okay, I'm not sure about famous, but yeah, let's do it. All right. What is your favorite word? Oh, that's easy. That's braai. Barbecue in Afrikaans. I love that word. I'm going to use that here. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Um, it's more of a phrase rather than a word. Uh, you can't do that. What turns you on, either creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, it comes back to the to 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 um, my favorite word again. To be fair, Derek. Uh, uh, a evening sitting outside with with, with the fire burning at um, just sitting staring into it was uh, as yeah it's it's just be a bliss. What turns you off? Uh, negativity, really. Um, yeah, and what and is, dishonesty. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? If you want to share it, uh, I can share it, uh, but it's really bad. Um, well, I'll give you the light version of it. Uh, and Afrikaans, it's uh, it's duos, D-W-O-S, which is uh, directly translated into uh, into English as box, uh, but it means uh, it's a really bad word on the uh, uh, the big C word. Let's put it that way. <laughs> this is great because you're the first person to share an international word with us. So this is great. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Oh, uh, nothing beats a thunderstorm uh, out in Namibia, to be fair. Uh, absolutely brilliant. It is um, uh, the noise uh, where I grew up on the farm. It was like for miles, there was just nothing. I uh, said so a thunderstorm would just roll in, uh, beautiful noise. And then as soon as it starts raining, that, that sand hitting the uh, the semi-desert uh, turf was just uh, yeah, amazing. It's something that uh, that uh, would never let me let me go. 
what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, anything screechy, like, you know, the black blackboard. Yeah, no. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, attempt or if I could change, there's only profession that I, that I would, uh, that I would change the current one to, uh, but I've got a discreet lack of talent and capability in it. Uh, a professional sportsman, golf or cricket, or even rugby. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, oh, any, 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 anything where you have to do the same job every day, the same thing, anything repetitive. Um, uh, yeah, that will drive me nuts. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Maybe something like welcome. It's we've been waiting a while. <laughs> and we've got some great barbecue going on back 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 here. A, exactly. Oh, no, exactly. It's like welcome. We've been waiting a while. The barbecue's over there. <laughs> it's a, it's a heavenly barbecue. Come on over. All right. Well, thank you, Yako Benati, for being on the show and sharing your your story and your journey and, and words of wisdom uh, with our listeners. Uh, really, really appreciate you being here. Stay safe. Be well. Uh, hopefully, we'll see each other again in the near future. Um, I used to travel to your part of the world, but I haven't haven't recently. <laughs> of course, uh, Derek. Thank you very much for hosting. It's always a pleasure to uh, to be in your company. And um, oh, as soon as the uh, the the airports and the flight schedules open up, you're welcome to come visit. Great. Kuala Lumpur would be on my list. I've got some friends there uh, that have been, you know, that are from there and now you're there. And so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a blast to, uh, to come over to that part of the world again. Well, take care, be safe, and uh, we'll talk soon. Same. Thank you, Derek.